Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you all, and uh, it really is an exciting week, and we have exciting things that we're going to talk about, as Sean was just talking about some of these partners that we get to have here locally. Just so excited to highlight them and just celebrate what they're doing around our county and to get to just let them know how grateful we are that they're here. And so today is part three of our series that we're calling Outside the Walls. And here's why we call it that. We believe we get to do great things here inside of our walls throughout the week. This series is highlighting the great things other people are doing outside of our walls and it's us coming alongside them to say thank you for what you are doing here in our county because they are serving the vulnerable. They're the ones who are serving the orphans, serving the homeless, serving the poor, serving expectant parents and we get to come alongside them and say thank you for what you're doing. You might be asking, now why are we doing this again? We remember that we want to be grateful because out of a heart of gratitude, great things flow. We want to be grateful for the fact that we all live in one of the richest counties, in one of the richest nations, in the richest time in history. And we are encouraged by the Apostle Paul. That memory verse, if you're new here today, there's a verse we're looking at throughout the series, and it's the sort of the anchoring verse for us. And it's 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 18. I want to say it one time, and then I want to invite you to say it with me. It's command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. 1 Timothy 6, 18. Would you just say that with me? Say that. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. 1 Timothy 6, 18. And several of you yesterday, you went and you practiced good deeds by showing up at the partner our calling that's serving the homeless here in Dallas. And you showed up and you spent several hours serving them. I just want to say thank you for what you did yesterday. We have another opportunity here in a couple of weeks. Ginger and I, my wife and I, we're going to go to one of those. Uh, two weeks, I think it's December the 3rd. There's more opportunities. You can look at that handout and you can see where there's some opportunities to have practice good deeds. Now, you guys have just, I'm going to be honest with you, you've blown me away with your generosity these first couple of weeks. As many of you have said, yes, I'll give $20 to those organizations and we'll help clear their list. And I just am so excited to give you an update. Are you ready for an update? Four of you are. Let me try it again. Are you ready for an update? Yeah, that's awesome. We'll come back in two weeks and we're going to give it to you. On December the 4th, you say, why not now? Well, here's why. Because we're not done. We have a lot of opportunities to still be generous. These organizations still have a lot of needs, and we are stepping forward. And I just want to give you a heads up. You're going to be so proud and so pleased with the collective generosity of our church. So I can't wait to give you that update once we are finished with this series. Well, if you're here today and you're new, let me just give you a real quick caveat. I am not going to ask you to give our church any money, okay? But what I am going to do is invite you to consider partnering with one of these organizations by physically serving them or making this one-time donation financially to support them. 
bottom line is it's a special day, some of the things we're going to get to talk about today. In fact, it's a special week, isn't it, right, as we begin Thanksgiving week, and it's almost as if our nation pauses this week to highlight gratitude or to highlight giving thanks, isn't it? And you say, well, why is that such a big deal? Well, I think it's a big deal, especially in our nation, because I think we suffer from GDD. So what's GDD? Well, it's gratitude deficit disorder. I think some of you here, it's been a while since you've heard the words, I mean, they're beautiful words, they're maybe the most meaningful words, two words in our English language when spoken sincerely, and they are simply these words, thank you. Would you say that out loud with me? Didn't that just sound good? Look at your neighbor and tell them thank you. Yeah, you don't even know what you're thanking, but I promise you, you've got something to thank them for, right? You look, just the reality is we don't get to hear this very often. We don't get to hear the words thank you as much as maybe we would like or maybe we even should hear the words thank you. And so what I want us to do right now in this moment is to have a little therapy session. Kind of kick off the service today. I want you to feel a little better because you might be suffering from GDD. And so we want you to hear those words thank you. You deserve to hear the words thank you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to all play along. Every time I point to the screen... I just want you to say out loud, thank you, all right? So let's practice. You guys are on it. I was a little worried because it's early. Maybe you haven't had your coffee, but you're on it. All right, here we go. Here's your therapy session. You ready? If you have ever held the door open for someone and they walked through and they didn't give you anything but silence, on their behalf today, we all say to you, If you've ever been a parent and you cooked for your kids and you were their taxi driver and you helped them with homework and you didn't hear anything but silence in return, on their behalf today we say to you, if you've been a driver of a car driving down the road and you let someone in a lane and they didn't as much as even give you a head nod or a wave of gratitude, you heard nothing but silence, on their behalf today we say to you, that concludes our therapy session. I hope that you feel a little bit better. You deserve that today. Yeah. Good job. Here's what we all suffer from. We all suffer from gratitude deficit disorder, right? What is that? Well, it's true that all of us feel gratitude. In fact, we're really strong at feeling gratitude. The person who pulled in front of you, they felt gratitude, I I think, But what we're weak at is expressing gratitude. Gratitude deficit disorder is like, I don't lack gratitude. I'm just not good at communicating gratitude. And I just want to tell you that Jesus has a lot to say about this, about how important it is not to feel gratitude, but to express gratitude. And if you're new here today, and maybe you're not even a follower of Jesus, you're only here because somebody promised you if you would come, they would take you to lunch after the service today. First of all, I just want to say thank you for coming and being courageous enough to give it a shot. But I just want you to know, if you don't follow Jesus, that even if you follow what Jesus suggests in the story we're about to read, it just makes you a better human being. And and those of us who are followers of Jesus, we've got a lot of work to do. He's commanding us to do this. And I think a lot of us want to do it a little bit better. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at why it's so important or that it's so important to actually communicate gratitude. Jesus has a lot to say on this. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to see this great story. It's in the book of Luke chapter 17. It's the third book in the New Testament. If you don't have your Bibles, there's one there in the pew. You can look with us at page 850. We'll also put it on the screen. This is a great story as Jesus is walking down the road toward the city of Jerusalem. 
And it's toward the end of his public ministry here on earth. And as we think about what's going on in his life, he comes across some people who have a need. And it's in that conversation that we're going to see Jesus address the issue of expressing or communicating gratitude. So with all that said, look with me in Luke chapter 17, and we'll begin in verse 11. And we see Jesus now on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now we just pause for a second to recognize how important that is. Because the Jewish people and the Samaritans were just longtime enemies. And so we just kind of make note of that. And as he was going into a village... Ten men who had leprosy met him, met Jesus, and so they stood at a distance. Now remember, leprosy, and we call it Hansen's disease today, is a, an infectious, a long-time infection that kind of is caused by a specific bacterium that really causes damage to our nervous system, to the respiratory system, to our skin, to our eyes, and it can be very contagious with close contact. So the ancient custom when you had leprosy was that you were isolated from society so it prevented the spreading of this disease. And so these 10 were gathered together and what's interesting is later we find out that at least one of them was the longtime enemy of the longtime enemy group, a Samaritan. And yet they were living together something they would have never done because they were bonded by their desperation and by their disease. And when they see Jesus coming, they begin to express their desperation. Look at verse 13. And they called out in a loud voice, they're desperate, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. You hear the desperation in that? Have pity on us. They've heard about this Jesus. They've heard that they're even calling him master. I've heard that you heal and that you can heal what we have. You're the master, including the disease that we have. They're confident. And so they pray this prayer of desperation. There's something beautiful about that, isn't it? That, that they're overlooking so much to come together and they're so desperate that they just pray this sim simple prayer, have pity on us. Now, there's something about beautiful prayers, isn't there? In fact, I just, if, if I can, I'd love to just take a quick time out right here and, and we'll come back to this story in just a second. But right now, I just want to point out a prayer that I got to hear recently that was so beautiful. In fact, it happened at our first gather, which happened last month. Many of you were there. And what this was a gathering of people who wanted to come together here at our church who just wanted to pray for the future of our church. And so we had this gathering last uh, month that we just called Gather. It was over in the Connection Center. And as we got together and prayed and prayed about the future of the church, my favorite moment was when we got together and we just began to pray. And there were some people who were praying quietly. There were some people who were praying just internally. There were some people who were more conversational or a whisper. And there were some people who were praying more loudly. I had people come in and say, Mark, do I even have to pray out loud? You're not gonna like force me to pray or anything. And I said, nope, we're just, we're just here to do this together. And people began to pray. And just to hear there was something about we weren't desperate, but we were desperately seeking God. And there's something beautiful about Gathering together and being united to pray for the same thing to the same person. You say, why are you telling us about this? Because we're about to have another one. And it's a week from today at five o'clock in the Connection Center. We're gonna gather for the second time. 
And we have communion, we have worship, we, I'll do a brief devotional, but we are really focused on gathering together to pray, pray to our God. And so I'd love to have you join us for that next Sunday at five o'clock. Okay, back to the story of these lepers who are desperate. Praying to Jesus, have pity on us, and I want you to see Jesus's response. In verse 14, he said, when he saw them, so this is Jesus seeing these 10 lepers, Samaritan and these others from Galilee. He said to them, stay away from me. No, he didn't say that. Behold, you are healed. No, he didn't say that. He says something a little bit odd. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. In other words, go to the temple. Now, that would have been an immediate violation of what they typically did because they were always in isolation. So to go and break isolation and go into public and go to the priest and go to the temple would have gone against everything in them. But there's a moment where they feel like, Jesus, you can heal us and you're telling us to do something and we're gonna trust that you will heal us. It was a step of faith. So all 10 begin the journey toward the temple and watch what happens next. The rest of verse 14, it says, and as they went, all 10, they were cleansed. They're healed. I don't know how long they've had leprosy. It may have been weeks. It may have been months. It may have even been years. But suddenly their lives have changed and they have been healed. Think about this. All 10 of them had the disease. All 10 of them prayed the prayer. All 10 of them obeyed Jesus and all 10 of them have been healed. I don't know how it happened, if it was like the first step instant healing, if it was like a mile down the road and it was a slow head to toe, toe to head kind of a thing and they're looking at each other like, hey, you're looking better, so are you, and all of a sudden they're healed. But at some point along the way, it dawns on all 10 of them, we've been healed. Don't you imagine they pull out their iPhones, they're taking the group pic, like this is a be real moment where they're really capturing what God has done and they run all the way back to Jesus, right? Because all 10 of them have been healed. All 10 of them have experienced this miracle. But instead, look at the next verse. Instead of all 10 of them, say this word with me, one. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. The rest kept going forward, but one came back, praising God in a loud voice. Now, why is this a really big deal? Here's, here's part of what I think a good mantra to live by is the reality that whatever you don't turn into praise turns into pride. In other words, when someone gives you something and I take from them, it's, Without returning gratitude, it's as if I've stolen from them. One person said it's either gratitude or grand larceny. You get to choose, right? And that's why I love, I love Libby earlier said that God sees it that way too. He even says to enter his presence with thanksgiving. Well, one, one of the ten didn't just feel gratitude, but communicated and expressed gratitude. And watch how they expressed their gratitude. In verse 16, it says, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. It's like, no inhibition, I am just so grateful. No inhibition here. And thanked him, and then notice this, and he was a Samaritan. And this makes the miracle greater, that Jesus would heal, not just the Jewish people from Galilee, but he would heal the Samaritan. If you're here today and you feel like you're an outcast and for some reason you're other than, 
Jesus sees you and he's fast to heal, just like he did this one. But then the big question is, but what about the other nine? And that's what Jesus is asking. Because look at the next verse, verse 17. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? It's sort of a, this is a little sarcasm here. I kind of like that from Jesus. He goes, wait a minute, weren't there 10 here that prayed? Weren't there 10 here that had leprosy? Weren't there 10 here that I told to go to the priest? And weren't there 10 here that I healed? And then he asked the obvious question, where are the other nine? Has no one, look at this, has no one returned to give praise? You might think, well, Jesus, I'm sure they felt gratitude. I'm sure they're grateful that you healed them, no doubt. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But has no one returned to give praise? He's teaching us something here, isn't he? The importance of returning to give praise. Praise to God, except for this one Samaritan who was a foreigner, who was an outsider, who was an outcast, is the most thankful of them all. And then he said to the one, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I don't know about you, but when I initially see the other nine and I read the story, you know what I initially think? Those ungrateful, horrible people. How could they be so ungrateful? But don't you imagine if we're just real, if we're realistic about the story and they've had this horrible, painful disease and suddenly they're healed of this disease, you know they felt gratitude for being healed and to becoming pain-free. Their lives completely changed in that moment. I don't think they lacked gratitude. But what would they have done next? The Bible doesn't tell us what they did next. You know, they, they could have thought, well, you know what? Jesus told us to go to the priest, and so we want to obey him and go to the priest. Or they may have thought, you know what? I haven't gotten to see the people I love the most, my family, in days or weeks, months, or even years, I'm finally healed. I want to go celebrate what Jesus did to me with the people I love. All reasonable responses, right? All not lacking in full gratitude. I don't think they were healed and suddenly screamed, forget Jesus, I'm not grateful. I don't think that's realistic, and yet I read it that way. Jesus is teaching something different. He's saying, no, no, no. It's not that they didn't feel grateful. That's not the problem. I think they just had a case of gratitude deficit disorder. I think they felt the gratitude. What they didn't do was communicate the gratitude. They didn't go back. So there's a disconnect here. Jesus is pointing out a disconnect. We're really good. We're strong at feeling grateful for whatever our spouse did, whatever our employee, employer did, whatever our neighbors are doing, whatever others in our, in our life are doing. Where we're weak is expressing the gratitude. You see, these other nine, they felt the gratitude, I'm sure. They just didn't express it. And so in response, Jesus felt silence. And he's pointing out, oh, they didn't return to express praise. And he calls it out as something is missing when we feel grateful, but we don't express it. And the question is, why in the world would we not express gratitude? If we feel it, why would we not express that? I just thought some, some practical things to consider is why is it that we fail to express gratitude? I think first of all, we give ourselves too much credit for feeling gratitude. 
right? I, I feel grateful, so surely you know, Matt, if you do something for me, I feel grateful for what you did. Surely you appreciate the fact that I feel grateful, right? We act as if feeling grateful is full gratitude, but it's not feeling grateful, it's feeling grateful plus expressing gratitude that's full gratitude. Jesus is encouraging us to take that second step. Secondly, it's just not convenient, is it, to be grateful? I mean, they had to go back, or as Jesus said, they had to return. And the others are on their way somewhere. And so something really amazing happened, and they continued to go where they were going. They were kind of efficient people. You gotta value that. Gratitude often is inconvenient. Third, expressing gratitude, let's be honest, it's not even expected. I mean, when was the last time you had people just take a lot of time to express gratitude? It's not part of our culture as much as maybe we would want it to be. But Jesus is reminding us to be a good human being, and especially if you're a Jesus follower, is we are commanded to do this, to return to the source of the gift and to express gratitude. Here's the bottom line. Jesus is teaching us that unexpressed gratitude is perceived ingratitude. When you let the person in the lane and they don't even give you the nod of thanks, well, that ungrateful sucker, right? You say you do something for your spouse and they don't say anything and you think, I can't believe. Now, the truth is they probably both felt grateful, but it's perceived ingratitude when it's not expressed. And the same is true of us, isn't it? So I want this to be super practical as we wrap up in the last few minutes here. I want to encourage you to think about ways you can not just feel grateful, but you can express gratitude. You can communicate it. You can return. So I want to give you four people that I believe you can thank this season. Four people that you can thank. Number one, it'll be the person that you know the best. It'll be a person that you know well. Three, it'll be someone you don't know at all. And four, it'll be someone who knows you best. Someone you know well, someone you don't know at all, and someone who knows you best. Four people that you can express gratitude today and this week. So first, let's start with the person that you know best. You. And I want to encourage you, in this season, in this week specifically, is a great opportunity for you to not only experience gratitude, but to encourage others with gratitude and experience the joy that God has designed us to experience when we are truly expressing gratitude. So here's what I want you to do. I would love for you to right now just pull out your phone. Go ahead and pull out your phone. And I want to ask you, I want to set you up to have a week-long experience of expressing gratitude. So if you'll pull out your phone right now, what we're gonna do is we're going to send you a daily text over the next week, seven days, a short text that just encourages you to express gratitude to different people. And so if you wanna do that and play along with us, if you'll pull out your phone right now and if you'll just text the word gratitude to 94,000. Text the word gratitude without the quotes, obviously, to 94,000. And we can experience these texts over the next seven days to just encourage you this week to be grateful. Secondly, I want to encourage you, the second person to thank is someone you know well. Someone you know well. Who in your life have you felt gratitude toward, but you've yet to express it to? 
Maybe who in your life do you need to go back to and say thanks? It might be somebody in your contact right now. You might want to pull their contact up, shoot them a text, or set up a time to express that gratitude. But just in your own life, this is someone you know well, currently or in your past, that you felt gratitude toward, and this is the moment to finally express the thanks toward them. And then the third is someone you don't know at all. And that's what this whole series is about. We're partnering with six organizations. We partner with more, but we're highlighting these six who are serving people we don't know, who are homeless, who are orphans, who are poor, who are expected parents, who are moms in need. And we look at all these people that we may not get to know or get to meet. And it's one thing to look at these organizations and say, man, I'm glad they're here. And to feel gratitude for what they do, to watch that video and say, I'm so grateful for Shiloh Place. But to follow the teaching of Jesus is to say, I'm not going to just feel gratitude, I'm going to communicate gratitude, I'm going to express gratitude, I'm going to demonstrate gratitude. And so this entire series is about us demonstrating our gratitude to people we don't even know. This is an opportunity, and so as we've said before, we've vetted these six organizations, we feel excited about what they're doing, we feel like they're experts right here in Collin County, making a big difference. And so right now, if you haven't already, would you pull out that handout that we gave you on the way in? You see those six organizations that are listed, and each time I like to point out that the top three organizations in the middle and on the back are the organizations that we get to serve. The bottom three on the middle and the back are the three organizations that we are giving financially toward. As we said, what we've asked them to do is to give us a list of needs that they have and then we've created a master list and then with that, we're asking all of us together to clear the list and to meet all of the needs that these organizations have. So when we talk about these people that we don't know, that we're excited that they're here in our county making a difference, how can we demonstrate gratitude and not just feel gratitude toward them? We're here three ways. Number one, we can clear the list. And again, this is where we're saying, okay, I'm gonna give a one-time $20 donation that will go to these three organizations and every dollar that comes in will go to one of these organizations. And you can give cash or credit out in the donation station out in the lobby here and today we actually also have it in our children's lobby so parents on your way out it'll be convenient for you to stop by in the children's lobby as well and to be able to give a one-time $20 donation there. Second way that you can demonstrate gratitude is write. We have the thank you cards right out here in the lobby that you can write to the Razor Elementary that serve underprivileged kids right down the road, those 65, 70 teachers and staff, we want to say thank you. We don't want to just feel gratitude. We want to express it. So if you would write out a card out in the lobby after the service, we have the card and the pens, and we'd love to pass that along to them. And third, another way you can demonstrate gratitude is we have two remaining in-person serving opportunities here in the next couple of weeks. And if you haven't registered yet, is an easy way to do that. You can just go to the URL there at the bottom, that website on the cover, or you can just scan the QR code in the pew in front of you and you can sign up for one of those remaining opportunities. Again, as Paul said, we not only wanna be willing to share, but we wanna do good deeds. This is a great opportunity for us to invest a couple of hours and demonstrate our gratitude to someone you don't know at all. Lastly, we have an opportunity today to express gratitude to someone who knows you best, your creator. The truth is, as he's here with us today, as we read the words of Jesus, the value of expressing thanks, 
what we wanna do today is we wanna pause and take communion together. And, And if you're new here, just know every once in a while, we like to just pause and take communion together at the end of a service as part of our time together. Say, why do you do that? Well, before Jesus died, he instructed his followers to do this from time to time to remember him and what he did for us on the cross. You say, well, what exactly is communion? What's when we eat and when we drink this wafer and this juice to remember the body of Jesus and the sacrifice on the cross for us so that we could have a relationship with God made possible through what Jesus did. And this is for anyone who follows Jesus. And this is for us to just pause and express gratitude today to our Savior, express gratitude to our Maker. And I wanna read this passage out of Colossians as we think about Jesus and what he did. Jesus didn't just feel love toward us, he expressed it. You think about this, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem He was on his way toward the cross and he was teaching us through this story that it's not enough to feel love and gratitude, but you must express it as he's headed to the cross to express love for me and you. As Romans 5, 8 says that he was demonstrating his love for us while we were still sinners. You talking about living what you preach. Jesus on his way to Calvary says, this is how much I love you. So I want you to see this passage in Colossians chapter 2 where he, we're taught, when you were dead in your sins and in the circ- uncircumcision of your flesh, this is the gift, this is the love, God made you alive with Christ. Look what he did. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. The greatest gift of all there at Calvary for you and for me. Before we take communion together, let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift that no one else could provide. The greatest gift in human history. The gift of your perfect son, Jesus. There at the cross, Father, today as we think about on the cross, you didn't just feel love, you expressed love. You didn't just feel forgiveness, you expressed it. You communicated, you demonstrated it for all of human history. So today, Lord, as we take these elements, as we eat this wafer and we drink this juice, we remember 
your broken body for us to be fully healed. Of the brokenness that we have, we, we cry, have pity on us. And once again, you offer healing in the cross. And though we have a front row seat to our brokenness from the cross, you demonstrate grace that's greater than all of our sin. It gives us hope today that we not only have forgiveness of all our sins, but we have an eternal relationship with you. Father, today we don't want to just feel gratitude. We want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of grace. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.